This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Alabama discussing a snake-handling preacher. Then, we'll talk about a serial killer who was convicted of three murders, but confessed to many more. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Cotton State. Snake handling is a religious rite observed in some historical and contemporary religions, mainly in the southern Appalachian area of the United States. Members are usually from small, poor communities. If you go to a serpent handling church, you will see people with atrophied hands and missing fingers. Every few years, someone will die from a snake bite, usually rattlesnakes. Snake handling is illegal in all states except West Virginia. There have been over 150 documented deaths from legal practices. Believers think death confirms their own submission to the Bible as the Word of God. The original story of the serpent in the Bible begins in Genesis, where Satan shows up in the shape of a serpent and tempts Eve with the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. She ate the apple, and after, women became symbolic with temptation and sin. October 4, 1991, Scottsboro, Alabama. Paramedics receive a call to Barbie Lane of a snakebite victim. They were told to go in with the sirens and lights off. A woman starts walking towards them when they arrive. They take one look at her arm and realize that this is critical. Her arm was black and the skin was starting to die. They rush her to the ER. They know once it gets into her bloodstream that she's done. They did not have antivenom, neither did the hospital. They load her back up and head to Birmingham, which was over 90 miles away. It's in the back of the ambulance the EMT learns that her husband was allegedly trying to kill her. This very rural part of Alabama where house trailers and broke-down cars were everywhere, Piggly Wiggly and liquor stores, and, oh, their favorite pastime, illegal cockfighting. Oh, my God. I told you. I told you people, people fight roosters. So her husband, Glenn Summerford, was a criminal-turned-fundamentalist Pentecostal preacher oh boy. who led the Church of Jesus with signs. That was the name of it. The Church of Jesus with Signs. Signs? Signs. And he kept serpents in a shed on his property. Fifteen of them. He handled snakes during his sermons. How bizarre. Okay, I guess I shouldn't judge. Judge away. This is fucking weird. (laughs) But to each their own. But that is scary. Yeah. Is that not scary? No, it's terrifying. I would not be in a church with a snake in it. Nope, I'm out. So they believe that snakes were incarnations of evil and thus congregants were invited to handle these venomous reptiles in front of the church to prove the power of the Holy Spirit over the devil. Um, 
They would also drink poisons such as strychnine and battery acid and hold flames to their skin to prove their faith. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah. But when something bad happened... Then you didn't believe. If you believed something bad would happen. Because obviously, like, you're going to get burnt. Well, not if you've got the Holy Ghost in you. So people weren't getting burnt? I, I, I'm, I don't I, know. I, I, I can't... I, oh, oh, We're going to have to take oh, a road trip. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> So Glenn had accused his wife, Darlene, of cheating on him and punished her by forcing her at gunpoint to stick her hand inside a box with a poisonous five-foot-long rattlesnake. Oh, my gosh. She was bitten twice. Of course she was. So police get there, and he gives them permission to search his place. They go where the locked shed is, where the snakes are kept, he unlocks it, and they go inside. Hell no. No. No, 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 no. These snakes are collected as evidence used in the crime committed. The largest snake was a diamondback that actually fought police officers when they tried to confiscate it. Like, it was hissing and, like, lunging at them. Oh, my gosh. They didn't bring in, like, trained animal handlers? No. They, like, put them in bags and were, oh like... Oh, my gosh. At least call... I don't know. I don't, who you would I call? don't know. Who would you call? Well, I mean, I the guess, Game and Fish? Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I would think Game and Fish, but it is a small town. Maybe they didn't have that. I don't know. But, yeah, I would think that's who you would call to handle any type of animal. Like, like they do in Florida with gators. The police don't handle gators. So then they searched the inside of the house, which was a mess. They couldn't tell if there had been a scuffle because the whole place was a pig pen. No weapons were found. But a raccoon was, like, inside. Oh, boy. In a bag. They thought it might be another snake, but no, it Wait, was a it raccoon. Was in a bag Like, already? in a purse, like, hanging on the wall, like Aww, a side bag. At least it was a cute surprise. <sighs> so, videotapes were collected as evidence that showed the church, the congregation, praying and speaking in tongues. They showed snakes crawling around the floor and men handling them in front down at the pulpit. Ugh. Oof. Mm-mm, fuck that. I mean, I think I would rather choose a kidney stone over a snake bite. I don't. Well, just saying. It's one thing to be bit because you were surprised by it, but to know you're going to put your hand in where a snake is and they're going to bite you, that's too much. That's I mean, the I anxiety. Don't, I don't want to be down in front of a church. No. Tap dancing to how great no. thou art or whatever they sing and holding the snake over my head. No, I don't want to be around a snake. No. Glenn was arrested a few days later and charged with attempted murder. In her statement to the police, Darlene claimed that he had forced her at gunpoint to stick her hand inside. His statement was that she went out there to commit suicide after they had an argument. He said he was drunk and passed out, and when he came to, she was bitten. He was thinking she was going to die by herself putting her hand in the snake like that's what she wanted how she wanted to die? Uh, mm. You suffer first from a snake bite. That's not a... Well, I would die instantly of heart failure. Oh, but... right. But it's like you might... I mean, that's a slow death for, from a rattlesnake, at least. You, like, the more you wait, you're going to lose your arm and blah, blah, blah. But how do you know so much about snakes? <laughs> I don't have no idea. I'm paranoid about getting bit by snakes. I don't want to get bit by shit. But Maybe I mean, a sailor, but <laughs> <laughs> some snakes you will die really quickly. But a rattlesnake, usually you're gonna 
be at the hospital before you die from it because you're going to be your whole arm's going to be black. I mean, not in who would pick to die that way? Not in rural Alabama. You won't. Fair enough. Fair enough. So her nightmare began Friday night after Glenn accused her of having an affair oh with another preacher. He forced her hand in, and that's when she was first bitten, but denied medical care. So Saturday night, in another drunken rage, he grabs her again, drags her out to the shed by her hair, and he tells her, hand or face. What? So she was bit once Friday night, according to her, and then Saturday night he made her do it again. So I googled it. Most deaths with a rattlesnake bite occur between 6 and 48 hours. So it, that's a long time. That varies. It says if antivenom treatment is given within two hours of the bite, the probability of recovery is greater than 99%, meaning like you're not going to lose anything. But they didn't have antivenom. Ugh. Well, they did in Birmingham. They just had to drive an hour and a half. Basically, it's like they can be fatal, but usually people will get treated. Sure. I, that does not seem like a suicidal attempt to me, but, you know. I mean. So here's a little backstory on Preacher Man Glenn. Oh, boy. Glenn grew up being picked on. His stepdad was a war vet and taught him how to fight and defend himself. He first met his wife, Doris, in the first grade. He was a good daddy. He loved his kids more than anything. He also loved to fight and would fight for money. So one of these fights, he beat a man till his eyeball came out of his nose, like bashed his skull in, shoved his eyeball out his nostril. No. After this fight, he made a lot of enemies and they were out for revenge. So one night, a fire breaks out in Glenn's home. His wife is handing the kids to him one by one and he's putting them outside His wife catches fire. He throws her outside and puts her out. They realize they're missing their 18-month-old daughter, who was Mm -hmm. Glenn's baby. So this devastates both of them. Obviously, the little girl dies. Um, And he was never the same. He claimed that this was retaliation and that his house was set on fire by one of the enemies he met. He started drinking and running around with women, and that's when he met Darlene. Way before he was divorced. From Doris. Oh. Yeah. So he was married when he met He married Doris, and then he meets Darlene when he was out whoring around. Doesn't he know God does not give sin you to married people, or doesn't? I know what you mean. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. So he and Doris get divorced, and him and Darlene are married in 1974 on Doris's birthday. Wow. What a dick. The audacity. Darlene was 19. <gasps> oh, my gosh. How yeah. old was he? Not 19. He'd been married for a minute and had, like, five kids. Ooh. Oh, boy. Nope. So, Darlene nope. would later say that she was scared of him, and she yeah. knew after the first night that this was a mistake. Oh, gosh. They had one son named Marty, but he wasn't very close with his mother. She had had a child before she married Glenn, and that child was taken away from her because she was, quote, unquote, unfit. So, one day, two missionaries introduced Glenn to the Bible. Oh, gosh. He said God spoke to him, and he was inspired to go in the woods, where <laughs> he fasted and read the Bible for 30 days. He said he came out a true man of faith. He and Darlene were baptized as Holiness Pentecostals and began going to church every single night. Wait, every day? Every day. 
They also began snake handling and speaking in tongues. I love the accent. I know. Thickening like Alabama. as it's coming out. Yeah. So little origin on the Holy Spirit snaky hoodoo shit. Snake handling began in 1909 when a Pentecostal minister named George Hensley introduced this practice to the Church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee. He argued that if believers truly believed in the Holy Spirit and had it within them, that they should be able to ingest poison without suffering and survive any number of venomous serpent bites. Nope. Ironically... This fucker died of a snake bite in 1955. So maybe stop. The Holy Spirit left him. Don't know. What the? the, I don't know. That is so random. It's very how that got started. I don't know. So, anyways, Glenn stopped drinking and started preaching. (laughs) (laughs) So there are several recordings of people claiming that he was a healer, like legitimately. A boy was in a terrible car accident and his face was busted. And when Glenn laid his hands on him, he said he felt his jaws moving back into place. Once Darlene cut her finger really bad and he put his hands on her skin and it went back together. There are several other videos and recordings Mm. where these people claim that they saw demons cast out of the bodies of people he was praying over. And saw them slither across the floor and disappear into floorboards like fog. These people, literally, there are recordings of people testifying and saying, uh, yeah. we saw this. So, Glenn said that Darlene had changed. She thought that he didn't love her anymore because the closer he got to the Lord, he was kind of ignoring all the things they used to do. You know what that means? Sex? Drugs? No, no more D. Oh, just lots of B, as in Bible study. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) So one day he was in the woods praying, and he saw a truck pull up and a man go in the house and come out an hour later, and Darlene had changed clothes. He noticed that their bed was messed up, too. I mean, even Christians need to, you know. So in the coming days, (laughs) he said, she told him about all the other men that she had had sex with. Oh, boy. There was multiple? Including his two sons. Oh, my yeah. gosh. He didn't believe this one. But he asked one of his sons, and he confirmed <gasps> that it was true. That it had been going on since he was 14. Oh, oh my I know. God. I know. It's disgusting. Oh, my God. I wanted to. I was yeah. just thinking he was the bad guy no. here. Yeah. Oh, God. The other son denied that it ever happened. So, Glenn wants to get a divorce, but she doesn't. So, the next day, Marty runs out of the house to get his dad and said his mama took a lot of pills. So, Glenn said he gave her a big glass of water and she threw him up. Mm -hmm. Glenn said she tried to get him to come out to the shed so she could repent, but he wouldn't go out there with her. Then she came inside and told him she was bitten. He told her he would pray. But he said he couldn't see any blood or swelling on her arm and she couldn't show him where the snake bit her. The only thing he saw was a spot where the raccoon that they had in her house had bit him, had bit her a week before. Face palm. I know. So Saturday, this was all Friday. So Saturday, they get up and go to take some movies back to the video store and the video clerk would testify that she didn't see any swelling or injury on Darlene's arms at all. So this was Saturday. And she would have and something she at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Then they went to get something to eat and go home. They stay up watching movies. And then he tells her, 
I'm filing for divorce on Monday. Oh, boy. And we will get you the mental help you need because I feel like there's something really wrong with you. You try to kill yourself. You've told me that you molested my children. Like, you need help. So he says, you know, he has some drinks, goes to sleep, and when he wakes up, she's gone. Hmm. Darlene said that she, this was all happened after she, he had forced her to the shed to get bit by snakes. And after he passed out, that's when she called the ambulance to come pick her up. So we're just, he said, she said yes. right now. Do we? Yes. Okay. So he says when he wakes up, he finds a note that she wrote to Marty that looked like a suicide note. She said, don't blame daddy. He tried to help me. Always remember, I love you. Daddy don't know. I went out and got snake bit. You and daddy try to live right. So basically the letter is repetitious in giving Mm -hmm. her husband an alibi. Like it says multiple times, daddy's asleep, daddy loves you, daddy doesn't know. Darlene would testify in court that he forced her to write this and that he had a demon in him. Oh my gosh. She remembered the night they were in bed and this shadow that was darker than dark came into the room and she said, I rebuke you. And it flew out of the room. Glenn woke up and asked her what the hell she was doing. She said, I'm getting this demon out of here. And he said, no, you're not. Call it back in here then. She said she did. And it flew right in his mouth. What? I swear. This was. (laughs) Then he became really evil and started trying to kill her. She said he once held her down with a gun to her head or he would chase her with a gun. But it's all, he said, she said. There's no other witnesses. Holy crap. So during the trial, the defense said that she was a practicing snake handler and set all of this up to frame him. They said she had suicidal tendencies and had cut her wrist a few times before they got married and said that she had an unhealthy fixation with snakes. They said that she was a troubled woman who lied about all of this to send him to prison. That no one forced her. She did this to herself. Members of the church would come forward when he was put on trial, and they said that he was put on trial for what he stands for, serpent handling. The word of God, and this was the word of God, serpent handling. Prosecutors said Glenn was in a drunken rage when he grabbed her by the hair and drug her to the shed where he kept the snakes, told her to stick her face or hand in the box. He then took a pipe and hit the cage so hard that the snakes got mad. Then he grabbed her by her hair and again told her he would push her face inside if she didn't stick her hand in. He told her she would die. He told her she had to die so he could marry another woman. And he was going to make it look like a suicide and tell everyone he woke up and found her like that. So, the trial lasted for two and a half days. The jury convicted 47-year-old Glenn of oh. attempted murder. I had no idea which way this was going to go. He had two okay. prior felony convictions yeah. and received a 99-year sentence, which was the least that they could hand down. Oh, wow. So on February 21st, 2003, Glenn escaped from prison. Oh, my gosh. But was found 45 minutes later in a dumpster. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> He was returned to prison and is still there this day. The end. Why was he in a dumpster? He was hiding. This is the most cockamamie. It's very ridiculous, but also (laughs) insane. And she is just out. And I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, 
it could go either way, yeah. honestly. The the thing the for her, what bothers me the most is her sleeping with a freaking child. Yeah. Oh my ugh. So there is a book called Salvation on Sand Mountain by Dennis Covington. That's all about snake handling and preaching. And there's a show that I watched all about this called Alabama Snake. Really? On HBO Max. Really? It's like a documentary. Okay. Mm -hmm. About this case? About this whole case. I'm definitely going to watch this. And the preacher and the wife and the interviews with everybody in the family and the people, the congregation. It is insane. I'm going to have to watch this. Insane. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of believe him. If she'd handled snakes forever, I mean, then she would have known I'm not going to die. It's just going to suck real hard. But, yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I I really don't know who I believe. That's, I'm going to have to watch the documentary. It's insane. That's freaking weird. I've never covered a snake handling preaching case. To each their own. I mean, I've heard about this kind of thing, of course. I kind of want to go to one of these churches. We'll just sit in the very back. So I grew up Assembly of God, which is Pentecostal, but. Is Assembly of God Pentecostal? Yeah, see, that's the thing, but. What you're talking about, it's like a fundamentalist or united. Well, I don't know if that's the same as united, but it's like the church I grew up in. It wasn't, we didn't wear skirts. We were, we can wear makeup. We can paint our nails. We can cut our hair. It wasn't the same. It was just kind of like. You weren't like kids and perms. No, it was no. just kind of like, it's not the same, but it's similar to Baptist, but they're. they're Did like, you have a tambourine? That's what I was about to say. So, Did you? No, I didn't. Not you personally, but oh, was yeah, there yeah. one? I was about to say, so it was different in that it was like similar beliefs and stuff, but there was speaking in tongues and- There was? People running around with tambourines and dancing. There was a, a drum dancing. set. Yeah, there were a lot, not a like bongo drum, just normal. They had We had normal instruments and stuff, but it was- you do not have a tambourine or a drum set in a Catholic church. Let me assure you. It was you. a lot of dancing and and to each their own. But Through the I whole was, service? No, it was typically like you had a dance break. We had <laughs> it would open up like a preacher preaches. There'd be a service, blah 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 blah. We'd have songs, and then it would kind of go into that. Then it'd be like a praise and worship service. That so it's been a long time since I've been in that church, but. I just remember as a kid, I was just like sitting in the pew, like, come on, so I want to go home. Typically, how long? It lasted forever. I don't know. Does a Pentecostal service last? Depends on who's got, on the, who's, who's got who's, the Holy Ghost. On who's got the Holy Ghost. It could be just that for an hour after this. And I'd be like, Mom, can I want to go home. You can't leave until all the ghosts yeah, are no, gone? No, no, no. You can leave. I mean, you can. Is it rude? Is I, it rude to walk out if somebody's in the middle of a jig? Listen, I don't know. My parents or my mom didn't leave, so y'all just had to sit there until I they did. were finished. I would col- I'd bring toys, coloring. I had to keep myself busy. Oh my this is why I am not involved in it now. I was to each their own. I respect. No, I'm that. not making fun. I'm just no. But as a kid, I was freaked totally out by all of this. Even no. just the speaking in tongues freaked me out. The, well, our the friend, all that stuff freaks me out. Our he friend spoke told us he tongues. spoke in tongues. No, that it's fascinating. That to me. didn't happen to me. I was just, I was very shy and introverted as a kid, so that was my nightmare. That kind of church. Do you feel like you got skipped over because you didn't speak in tongues? No. You don't feel like you weren't the chosen? No. One. 
kids weren't really into it. But I mean, really, as you got older, were there like teenagers? Well, I wasn't that old when I stopped, stopped going. going. Yeah, I went to a Baptist church for a while. Went to a Church of Christ church for a while. Because you just my, did the rounds. I just, I've, listen, I'm. She's trying them all out. Not with my family. They're just on my own. I you just to, go by yourself? Well, with friends. Yeah, oh. in high school. So I just, I made the rounds. She's and, a fair weather uh, Christian. <laughs> I've, I've seen, listen, I've dabbled in a lot of, what's it called? I've dabbled in a lot of denominations. There you I go. Guess, so to speak. I just genuinely am curious because Oh, I I would love to go to a ca- I've never gone to a Catholic service before. Let's I would go. love to do that just once. And I've never gone to I've never gone to a synagogue either. I've never either. I I like learning about religions and stuff. To each their own. Sure. But don't bring don't bring a snake to me. I will say this much about the church I grew up in. No snakes. No snakes. The weirdest stuff. No, I say weird, but for me, uh, speaking in tongues, tambourines, and dancing, it wasn't um, snakes or were they good dancers? Was there was no. there a routine? It no, was just it was a just freestyle style. interpretation. Brother Jim just kind of swaying. Were they brother and sisters? Oh yeah, it was everyone brother, was brother blah, blah, and blah, sister. Oh yeah, yeah. Were you a sister? No, I was a child. So, so you're not a sister. If I you're was, a kid. Nah, I was just. Some schmuck. At what age do you become a sister? I don't know. I was not even. Hmm. I was like, I don't even know how this young is I was. I was like me. a preteen, probably when I we stopped going. I don't even know why we stopped going, but. Hmm. Yeah, and so Very I was like, Ooh, I'm going to dabble in my friends' churches, and then was it totally different? Church of Christ is totally different. No banjos. No music. Period. None. Not even a. Not even a hymnal. Not even a harp. It's all a cappella. It's oh. all no clapping's allowed. No clapping. No clapping. I I only went. Well, to you these don't clap places. in a Catholic church either. If you break well, out I mean, in, there a was, it was in a Catholic silence. church, you are about to be exercised but because I went there for friends for like the youth group. So I didn't really go to the main service a lot, but I remember it was. Strange to me. Very quiet. I did feel like, I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself Baptist, but I'm like, oh, they're kind of a happy medium. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not Baptist, but this is only speaking from my brief encounters in Baxter County, Arkansas. I will say, <sighs> cradle Catholic here, very, mm-hmm. I don't want to say normal, because that's not the correct term, but just, just a very, Catholic mass, like it was in Latin, some traditional, priest, very traditional. But a few years ago, because I'm a lapsed Catholic, oh boy. I haven't been in a very long time. A couple years ago, I took Max to mass uh-huh. because he had never been to a Catholic church. And I'm not huge into organized religion. Mm-hmm. I believe in God. Not going to get on that subject. I have my own personal relationship with him. Mm-hmm. None of anyone's business. But I haven't raised my child like I was raised. Right. In a church every Sunday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know what? We're going to go to Mass. Yeah. So I'll get him up and we go. Can you just do that? Sure. To a Catholic church? Well, yeah. Oh. Um, obviously, I'm not a member of anywhere here because I'm yeah. not from here. Um, so I took him to the closest Catholic church to us, which was St. Jude's. And we go in and we sit down 
and I start noticing people coming in in Crocs, <laughs> in blue jeans, I'm a Catholic Croc, in it looked like it was just whatever the fuck you woke up in, put your house shoes on and come to mass. Uh-huh. And then they had instruments. Oh, I noticed, okay. like my eyes are going meep meep meep, like looking at all the so things. They didn't have it was instruments like, in the Catholic no, church? not my. I mean, like you had an organ, right? Okay, but like yeah, yeah, okay, very um, Dracula organ okay. style, if you will. So it explains a lot, it, yeah, doesn't it? Um, which is fine. My whole point is, it was a little too contemporary for my style. Mm. I like the pomp and circumstance of yeah. a Catholic church. Of That's why I want traditional yeah. mass. If I went to a mass, I would want to go to a church where it's like it's the tradition, super traditional. Like yeah. we, like I'm in a dress and heels and maxes and a little suit, and it's very Aww. because we dressed up to go to mass. We always did. You did not wear jeans or pants. Okay. Like, yeah. you dressed super nice mm-hmm. to go to Mass. And these people, I'm just like, okay, don't wear Aeropostale in the Lord's house. Oh, my gosh. No, no, I no. hated dressing up as a little kid to go to church. I hated it. I have so many photos of me just crying in a corner wearing tights <laughs> and a frilly dress. I'm, like, red face crying. No, me, I'm, I loved I'm it. I'm pouting. I ha- oh, my gosh. I was always trying to pretend I was sick. Eh. Didn't I never – that sounds terrible. That's probably why you never got the Holy Ghost I, I because they were I like, this, not, this kid's a liar. I was not a fan of attending church. I'm sorry. I just wasn't. Well, I mean – Listen, it was several hours. There was – there's a lot. I gotta be honest. Mass was long and boring growing up. I've heard that. Yeah, very long and boring. Lots of standing and kneeling and genuflecting mm. and all the things. At least you're moving and grooving. Highlight of the night was the or the day was the I, I was drinking the wine. Did you actually get wine? Well, after you get your first, com- you have to go through your CCD classes. It's a whole thing, and you do your first communion. It's a whole big thing. You get a dress and a veil, and it's like a whole okay. to do. And a you know, and your Catholic family. Your first Holy Communion. It's a whole thing. You get cookies with your name and shit on them. Oh, my goodness. It's a whole thing. I still have my veil from when I had my first and my first communion dress. That's wild. See, we did communions and stuff, but it wasn't – I. it it was kind of just a normal thing. No, this was a huge deal in Catholic Church. And it was a, uh, like, well, just grape juice, probably – the equate version. Well, and you would go through and it would be like... Ours would get passed to us down the road no. with our little cup. No, you get in a line and there was one big chalice that the priest uh, is oh. holding and you all, you go up there oh. and you, you know, you do your little genuflect and then he says the blood of Christ and you and he all pours... the same cup? Out of the same... Do you do that now with I mean, COVID? probably not. Oh my gosh. I haven't been in a long time. I wouldn't now, but... And then you go to the next and then they give you your little... Bread circle. Yeah, we. I had the bread circle. I was stoked yeah. about the juice. I'm I love the bread circle and the wine. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Christian Corner with Lacey Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, damn it, why does it always get on like, this? what no. the hell? We're going to take a break and we're going to come back with Lacey's story that has nothing to do with no, snakes and preaching. No religion. At least I don't think so. Oh, boy. Okay, I hope everyone's religious break was nice. Now, on to my case. First, let me tell you about a man named Daniel Lee Siebert. He was born June 17, 1954, in Illinois. He was physically and sexually abused by his father. 
Sorry, just jumping right into mm-hmm. the dark stuff. But at 11 years old, his mom left his father. And you would think his life would improve because of this, but his mom continued to raise him in an unstable environment. She'd frequently bring home different men, although I didn't read anywhere that she abused him or that the men did, but it's just still an unstable lifestyle. Mm -mm. He ran away at a young age, and he ended up joining the Marines in 1972 under the name Daniel Marlowe, but received a dishonorable discharge. So there's a big gap in his history, like 20 years worth. We know that he was a house painter for a while, but we don't know what he was really up to until 1979. It was then that he was convicted of manslaughter in Las Vegas. And there's not a ton of details about this either. So between 1973 and 1975, he had two children, a boy and a girl. And Daniel Siebert pops back on the radar in 1986. But he was known as Daniel Spence this time. So it's his... He just keeps changing his name? His last name, yeah, for some reason. He was an art teacher at the Alabama Institute for the Deaf and Blind. I was wondering how he had the qualifications for this, but I read that he just showed up there one day and said he would teach for free in hopes of them hiring him later on. And they did. I know it was the 80s, but what? (sighs) Gotta get a background check. Mm -mm. One of his students, a 24-year-old hearing-impaired woman named Sherry Weathers, went missing. When a week went by and Sherry didn't show up for her classes, her counselor called the apartments that Sherry lived in and asked management to check in on her. The manager walked in to find Sherry's lifeless body in her room, along with her two sons, (gasps) five-year-old Chad and four-year-old Joseph. All three bodies were piled on Sherry's bed and covered with a blanket. Oh my God. Mm Mm-hmm. I like snakes better. <sighs> yeah, maybe you should have gone second this time. <sighs> when the police arrived, the manager directed them to another apartment occupied by 33-year-old Linda Jarman. So she was a student from the same institute. Mm-hmm. It must have been either close by or they had some type of thing worked out. I don't know. But she had also been missing. So, shockingly, the patrolman went inside to find her nude and lifeless body on the bed. Oh my, in the same apartments, at the same, the same school. place. Yes, per, two young women from the same school living in the same apartments. Her TV and car appear to have been stolen. But, I mean, other than that, it kind of seemed obvious that it was the same person who did this. So when the investigators started digging into Sherry's case, they found that her art teacher, Daniel Spence, had expressed a romantic interest in her. This was, of course, against the Institute's policies, no dating your students, but fingerprints were left at the scene and they were a match. They belonged to Daniel Siebert. His prints were in the system because he was convicted of manslaughter back in Vegas in 1979, and he was also wanted on assault charges in San Francisco. Well, once he got wind of this, he went on the run. While investigating, the police also found out he had been dating a woman named Linda Odom, a 32-year-old cocktail waitress, who was reported missing on February 24th. Just a month later, her nude decomposed remains were found outside of Talladega on March 30th, 1986. They found her abandoned car near Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and Daniel's prints were lifted from the car. He was not covering up his tracks or prints very well. 
Independent evidence also linked Daniel to the strangulation of a sex worker in Calhoun County around the same time he went on the run. Daniel was on the run for around six months. There were sightings of him from Ohio, New Jersey, Nevada, South California, and even Montreal, Canada. Just all over the place. All over. There was a break in the case on September 3rd when a Vegas friend of Daniel's reported a telephone call from him. They waited on him to call again, and then the police were able to trace it to a payphone in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee, which is around 50 miles west of Nashville. The police showed his photo around the area, and employees at a nearby restaurant recognized him from his mugshot. He was actually kind of working there. He was helping them revamp their sign, so the police apprehended him once he returned to the restaurant the next day to work. Once Daniel was taken into custody, he straight up confessed. He said he killed at least 12 people by strangulation, and he said they were just for sex and robbery. What? Yeah, very at least nonchalant. 12. Yeah, at least 12. In addition to the Alabama murders, Daniel Siebert was charged with the 1985 murders of 28-year-old Gidget Castro and 23-year-old Nicia McElrath in L.A. Before they discovered it was Daniel, they gave the moniker of the Southside Slayer to the killer. So in L.A., he was known as the Southside Slayer before they knew it was Daniel. He was also charged with the 1986 strangulation of 57-year-old tour bus guide Beatrice McDougall in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Just all over the place. I know. Detectives believe Daniel could have been the perpetrator in other unsolved homicides from Arizona, California, Nevada, and Florida, but there just wasn't enough evidence to tie him to any more cases. And with people like this, it's like, of course, there's probably another person you don't know about. Uh, There's all these people, and he said at least 12. Well, on March 21st, 1987, Daniel Siebert was convicted of Linda Jarman's murder in Talladega, and he received the death penalty by lethal injection. But we know how the death penalty plays out. A lot of inmates sit on death row for decades before their execution, so before he was executed, he passed away in 2008 from pancreatic cancer. I found a three-page letter online that he wrote to an anonymous person, and it was really graphic and disturbing. And I got the gist that it was written to one of those fangirls. You know, they they get obsessive with the serial killer, and they start writing them, and they like have a s- disturbing crush Because one line says, quote, I sense that you truly do enjoy the extreme of murder, mayhem, and serial madness. She wrote that or he did? He wrote that to her or him. It could be a man. I'm not sure. So whomever wrote to him first told him about serial killers that they found fascinating. Because he in turn responds to that. Whoever wrote him had a fascination with child killers and cannibalism. Jesus Christ, no. And I don't know if you know anything about the Albert Fish story, but that's like kid stuff and so he was like oh i find it interesting that you're you're into that kind of thing of, of children murders and he said i'll be honest that arouses me it's so freaking gross no i hope they investigated whomever wrote that note because that seems very sketchy um, i just yeah. i don't know but i'd never heard of this guy i mean he's killed maybe 12 people maybe more and he's 
Anyway, I got my info from a book called Hunting Humans Encyclopedia, Modern Killers, a Medium article by Marlena Smith Burris, and the LA Times. My case is a little short and sweet, but it's... That's a lot of... Yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah. It's not short and sweet. It's short and disgusting, but... And I'll post a picture of him, of course. He looks very disturbing. He's, he's kind of thin, and he has that grimace. He just... Ugh. Kind of this a, has been a doozy. It's been a weird one. We have a couple of new patrons okay. to switch gears. Aaron M. from Virginia. Hello. Hi, Aaron. Thank you. It's our first Virginian, I think. I haven't put on a thing on the map yet, but so it's her. And then Brittany W. from Indiana. Is that our first one? Yes, oh it my is. Gosh. We got two new states new, to add the newbies. New we'll have to post a picture of our map sometime. We're making yes. we're making strides in the states. Just nowhere <laughs> Midwest. Nowhere. <laughs> no Midwest. There's a lot of blank westerns. I did for some reason. It's because you made that joke. Like no one in Utah is listening. They are. There are more people from Utah that listen to this than Mississippi. Really? Or in Louisiana. Interesting. I take that back. They're like middle of the road in terms of states that listen. Apologize. Yeah, they. they I'm like, wow. Okay, they're here for this. So, oh, Andy A is back with us. To us, you were here all along, Andy. Yeah, we didn't know you left. We didn't know you left. I, I didn't check it, and I'm like, Andy, she left. She's back. It's okay. No hard feelings, Andy. Sherry H. Send us an email. At least I think it's Sherry. Maybe it's Shari. C H A R I. Sherry. Sherry? Are you sure? Not Shari. C H A. Anyway, she sent us an email and she's a nurse. And the subject line was kidney stones <laughs> and Gloucestershire. So she had some kidney stone advice. We've had a lot of kidney stone advice for you. Who knew? Really Who su- knew? You have a support system mm-hmm. here for you. She said, you should have opted for the stint or lithotripsy, depending on yeah. the size. Yours is five millimeters. Five millimeters. And I think so I still that's have is it. that like big or small? Yeah, Sharon's still it's like here. The size of a mustard seed, so it's, it's little, but but not little enough to not hurt. Correct. Yeah, she said citric citrate and s s s. I don't know these words. Anyways, citrate and acetic acid. Acetic acid, anyway, can help break them up at home. <laughs> so basically, lemon juice or apple cider vinegar okay, can well, help. Yeah, we can do that. So she also said pomegranate juice is better than cranberry juice because most times cranberry juices are watered down and loaded with sugar. Mm-hmm. Not mine though; mm. it's not sweet enough. I got it from Trader Joe's. Oh, that, that stuff shit's is terrible. That's some pure juice. She also said to drink a gallon and a half of water a day. Oh, that's not going to I think happen. I would throw up if I drank uh, that much water. That's a lot of drinking. She was basically like, you want to make your pee nice and clear. Okay. Get it out. And then she said she lives in Massachusetts and says that they pronounce their city Gloucester. So they have the same spelling in Massachusetts for a city. Gloucester. Huh. Which is helpful if we cover a case there. But my sister-in-law, who's from the UK, sent me a voice memo on Facebook She's like, why didn't you just ask me? I'm like, well, because I didn't know I was going to say the mm-hmm. word. And so she sent me that. And I haven't listened to the recording today. But she said the UK way to pronounce it is Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. So Massachusetts, it's just Gloucester. UK, it's Gloucestershire. 
I'm not saying either one of those words. So I'm, I'm making a memo of that because there's no way. I saw a patron in the wild. Well, not really. She's my cousin, Jessie. But I saw her at <laughs> a family reunion. A patron in the wild. Yes. And it's funny because we record in advance, you know. Uh-huh. So she's like, what are y'all covering on Monday? And I'm like... Utah. What's I was like, what are what, what were we, we in? It, yeah, it's like backwards, mm-hmm. not the case I'm right. working on. I'm like, I don't remember. It's no. It's something, but anyway. What's new with you? What's what you been watching? So many things. Really? Spill it. So many things. Well, this documentary it's obviously been too that fucking I'm hard to, to do anything. So I've just been sitting <sighs> home real. under the air with the Netflix on. So there's a new show on Netflix called The Unexplained. And it's hosted by William Shatner. What? And there's like 16 episodes. And I've watched like five of them. What's it about? I'm a binger. Duh, The Unexplained. Like aliens or? It's got all the things. It's got like, each episode is different. Like wild weather's one of them. Like tornado just demolishes like blocks and blocks and there's one house left. Yeah. Or this one woman, she's on a plane and the plane crashes and she everybody dies. She's the only survivor. And she lives in the jungle for like eight days before she's found. Holy crap. So it's and this guy jumps out of a freaking airplane and his parachute doesn't open and he lives. It's like crazy unexplained there's like a like how do they live, basically. Right. Well and then there's one about like all about like voodoo and exorcisms oh, and boy. all the stuff, but it, it's something. interesting. But there's one about aliens. Like each episode is, I like stuff something like that. Unexplained. I will watch. It's that. super fascinating. Max and I watched it last that night. It's fascinating. I've been needing a break from. It's good from true crime shows. Like we research so much about our cases, so mm-hmm. in my free time, it's just hard to to sit down and watch stuff like that right now. So I'm just watching a lot. That's of, good because it's very. Yeah, I need a balance, and then. So, what else did I watch? I started watching, it's also on Netflix, called Keep Sweet, Pray mm-hmm. and Obey. Yeah. I was just, I mean, literally, I'm like 30 minutes in. Oh. I just, I don't know. Is it? It's all Mormonism and. Um, all that fundamental. Fundamental. Like- Warren, yeah, Jeffs. Warren Jeffs. Oh, yeah, I hate, yeah, him. yeah, I hate. Yeah. And people keep asking me if I've watched it yet, and I'm like, I don't know if I. I'm can. I'm 30 minutes in, and I'm like, it's that one of those that just yeah, really, it makes me go. Ugh. It's hard for me to watch culty, super religious stuff because it's just so, especially with things to do with children. Yeah, I don't don't it's, like that. It's so dark, and I'm like, I, after you research true crime all week, it's hard to you, watch you need that. A, you need a little break. So I finished from just in the nick of time, but I got a Paramount seven-day trial. So I'm trying to binge season two of Evil. And three. Yeah. Well, there's only a few episodes, right, so far of season of three? Yes. I'm, I'm screwed. There's I'm going to have to go back and – Yeah. But anyway, I'm on episode like eight or nine right now, and I kind of forgot how – I can't remember if it was always this weird. Like some no, weird this graphics season, is this, just kind of funky. This season's totally different than the first season, and season three is gonna is totally different. Okay. Than the second I mean, I still like it enough to watch. I usually watch two episodes at night. I've been staying up way too late since I downloaded it, but I gotta get it all in. Let me tell you to watch from. I'm all caught up on from, and it is it just, not addictive I, to watch it and just you have it's like what's happening. I can't. I gotta yeah. It's very lost-ish where there's so many questions and then you're like, well, I got to watch this next. Mm -hmm. And it never gives you answers. No. You're like, 
what is this? Mm-mm. But I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying. I will say, t- the kids talking over, over each, each other. They do that so much in the show, and it's, and so, it's loud. so annoying. Yeah, I don't. Like I have it. surround sound, and I get what they're trying to do. Like it's chaotic having four kids, but it's it's, it's overdone. I'm like, please, it's we enough. get it. They they're four excited kids that talk a lot over each other. They're like my surround sound, and Charlie like flinches and jumps up. I'm like these freaking kids on the show again. So I also watched Monster in the Shadows on Peacock. I need to get Peacock. What's that? Monster in the it Shadows. It is a like documentary about a case in Alabama. Oh. Brittany Wood and she oh, goes missing. You almost covered that case. And I told Lacey, yeah. I called her and I was like, okay, I started researching this and watching the show and I can't do it. You were like almost done with your notes, I almost right? Done. Yeah. So it, you'll just have to watch it. Um, I forgot about that. It basically, this 19 year old girl goes missing and they don't, what makes them realize that she's missing is her uncle is found dead of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. And they realize that she was with him last Mm -hmm. and then they can't find her so that's when they realize she's missing and as they're investigating all of this they uncover alabama's largest incestuous child sex trafficking ring in history so it's fucking disgusting it will make you infuriated it's interesting i hate to say interesting because it's horrible eye-opening it's eye-opening but if you want to check that that out do it at your own risk it's just three parts yeah okay i'm i've watched all of the first i'm almost finished with the second episode and i'm really thinking i'm just gonna call it a day well because you mentioned it's like almost just everyone in this family. There have been, a, and then they grow up to do the same thing that happened to them. People oh. in this one family, and Brittany oh. is gone. Yeah, and to this day, nothing has ever been found of hers. Not a cell phone. Not a strand of hair. Not a shoe. Nothing. She's just disappeared. Uncle is dead. Someone in that family. Someone in has the family to have been involved. Yeah. It's just That's so dark. all the aunts and uncles and the little cousins and nieces and nephews, their own children, oh they were molesting God. and selling to truck drivers on I, Craigslist. Oh, it's, it's the most horrible thing you can ever imagine. And it makes you go. What kind of person could sell their you child to I a can't, truck? I just. I can't even. It makes me nauseated. That's why I told We you, know this stuff happens in the world, but. I can't. It just sometimes you just want to. No, I can't. I, I got to turn it off. Yeah, I just want to turn it, it off. It gets to be too much sometimes. It's too much. It's, like, it's too much. <sighs> Anyways, it's a lot. But between all of that, this heat, mm-hmm. and our fundamental rights being taken away as women, I'm out. I got to go have a drink. Peace so, out. We need a drink. Peace out. We'll be back next week. What state are we in? Oh, shit, a state of panic, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I have it right now. Okay. All, All right. right. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.